want to jump in with this thing. Do you ever feel like you're in a situation where it's sink or swim? Okay, I'm the only one, right? Come on, man. Y'all up in church. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's just something else, man. You know, our back is up against the wall. And it, and it doesn't matter. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a money situation, health issues, or family things. But sometimes along the way, we're, we're going to feel like that, aren't we? We're going to feel like that from time to time. And you know what? we still got hope because we got Jesus. Amen? But see, the world doesn't have that. And that's why you see them responding like they do. But in the midst of that, I pray that we reflect the Lord in, in all we do. And you know, when everything else is stripped away, it doesn't seem to get the best view of God. We know, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to say, but when everything else is stripped away, and you're, you're on your back and you're looking up, you're in a great position to see what God's doing. It doesn't mean that he's not working when things are good, because we know he is, right? He's working all things together for the good. But when we unpack the story, I want you to keep a couple of those things in mind. So we know that he's trustworthy even when we can't recognize him in the storm, right? You know, everybody's got a storm. You're, you know, I heard a guy say one time, you're either coming into a storm, you're in the middle of a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. But you know what? I can tell you that when we got Jesus in our life, we will have these things, right? But you're not alone. We're not alone. He's the best lifeguard I know, amen? I'm telling you, that's, that's a good word. So, you know, a lot of times we just get just overwhelmed. We can just start sinking in fear and, and doubt and, and from being overwhelmed. But you know what? When our, when our faith in Christ starts to rise up, that's when we start walking on that water with the Lord. And so what I want to do today is kind of pull a few things out and, and just use the story uh, of Peter. And it's a familiar story. The Lord's really been having me go back and go through a lot of the familiar stories and just showing me some really deep new stuff. And I want to pass that on to you guys. Because I tell you, uh, this, this message, I tell you, when it was coming together this week, everybody I talked to, I said, hey, how's it going? I said, man, you're preaching my message. You're preaching my message. You know, but see, that's why when we seek the Lord, we want to know what God has for his people for a time such as this. And, you know, as we think about this story, we hear a lot of times we think about, you know, Peter walking on the water. And then we automatically go, well, he took his eyes off the Lord and he sunk, right? We're kind of hard on Peter, aren't we? But think about it. You know what? There was 11 more guys in that boat that never went out. And guess who we're talking about today? We're not talking about Matthew. We're not talking about John. We're talking about Peter. Ultimately talking about the Lord. But isn't that kind of cool? So a lot of times people, and we were talking about this, a lot of times people will just, well, what are you going to do? They're, they're, they're right with you right until you get right in the middle of what's going on. And then, you know, any volunteers, you're out there by yourself. But if you've got a personal relationship with Jesus, you're never alone. And that's what I want us to see today. So, you know, when we look at this, everybody gives them a hard time and, and talks about him being scared, like I said. But guess what? There's times in our life that when everything else is stripped away, man, we can, we can just hold on to God. You know, even when things are good, we ought to be holding on to God. But see, a lot of times when we, things are going good, what do we do? Mom, look at me. Mom, look at me. You know, when the kids are real young and they do something, and they, you know, you're not watching me. You're not watching me. And, you know, if they get a little bit more daring, you're like, I got to watch them. You know, one of my buddies was telling me when his daughter was little, you know, they'd play and do different things. And, and she liked to, to jump off the bed. He would catch her. Super dad, you know. And he said one day he was combing his hair and he goes, Daddy, watch! And he's like, ah! And he just jumps out there and grabs her. You know, it's good to have a little hands up if you're a parent. But see, God already knows when we're going to jump, when we're going to sink, when we're going to doubt, when we're going to be scared. All these things. So we're not in it alone. And he's willing to hold our hand. Through, through the roughest time, right? So, with that being said, I want us to remember this. We got a secure foundation in Jesus Christ when we call upon the name of the Lord. Amen? 
And so he, can't, he comes to our rescue at any time. And uh, we can never, this, I wrote this down, I said, be sure you read this, buddy. We can never be in too deep that we can't be forgiven. I love this thing right here. Sometimes I just want to go, forgiven. Man, isn't that good to know that you're forgiven? That's not like a get out of hell free card. It costs a lot. It costs God his very best. But he offers it to us as a gift. That's what I, I just say, man, that's so amazing about that. So today, let's jump into the word and be encouraged about what God's going to do when we start to sing. All right, y'all ready? Now, we've got a little bit of reading to go, but I want to unpack this a little bit before we get there. It's going to be primarily if you've got your Bibles, I always encourage you to bring your Bibles. But if not, we try to pull out the key verses and put them on the wall. And also, if the first time here, we always have the sheet you can put in what God's showing you. So you can put that down and review it later and uh, be encouraged in the Lord. So now before we start this reading, I want to give you a little bit behind the scenes what was going on. In chapter 14 in Matthew, it opens up where they just learned that John the Baptist has been beheaded. He's dead. And so Jesus gets to the disciples and he's going to kind of just go away to get a little quiet time. And they go across the lake, but the word's out. Jesus is coming. So everybody's coming around and people were bringing the sick and everything. Now you would think he's being overwhelmed and a little bit, you know, with what's going on, man. You know, sure, this is his friend and actually it's his cousin and this is going on. But he always took time for people. See, a lot of times we get so busy. You never hear Jesus. If Jesus ran and passed everybody by so we could be the first one in line. You never hear that, right? You know? He's taking his time. He's, he's, he's loving on people. So when they pulled the boat up to the, to the side of the shore there, he said he saw compassion. He had compassion. He healed the sick. So now, it follows right into the feeding the 5,000. Y'all heard that story before, right? I mean, so here they are. He's preaching all day. And they're out in this kind of remote area. And so the disciples say, man, Jesus, we need to send these guys back so they can get something to eat. And he says, well, why don't you feed them? I'm never going, what are you talking about? So Andrew goes and finds a little boy with two pieces of fish and five loaves. Can you imagine, you know, having five breadsticks and a two-piece snack? You go, this is all we got, you know? And he lifts it up, and God multiplies that. He said he had 12 baskets left over. See, that's the God that we serve. See, that's the God that we serve, that we don't come up short. He, he's going to make sure that we make it through, amen? So if we're in that desperate situation, I want you to hear these stories, not only right here, but I want, I want you know, there's stories that, that we have here, people share testimonies over and over, over, amazing one today, how God was just using a physician to just spot things early, and here today they just say, thank you, Lord. Man, so God's always using his people, and I think that's amazing. So he goes on, and they said, well, you go ahead and feed them something. They got fun. Now, right after that, we're going to jump in right here. And he says, okay, I'll tell you what. Let's wrap up, Cam. I'm going to send you guys back across the lake, and I'm going to spend some time with the Father. I want you to see. We're going to pull this out, and I, I can't mention it enough. But see, when Jesus was pouring out, he made sure that he was pouring back in. I want us to see the importance of that. See, a lot of times we'll take off, and we'll get the word here, and we'll run all week long and never pull open the Bible. Never, never, you know, even think about anything else until it's sink or swim. But I want to tell you today, let's feed on the Word of God daily. That way, when those waves come in, and they will come in. I'm not going to be one of these guys, everything's going to be lovely. You know what? In Christ, everything is lovely. But that doesn't mean we don't have crisis. You know what I'm saying? But let me tell you, it's from the inside out that we see the glory of God many times. You say, well, how is God working in this situation? I might not be able to see it right now in the midst of the storm. But I'm going to tell you, as time goes by and we continue to trust God, you will see the fingerprints of God on that situation. Amen? So I'm going to jump on in here. Tim, I'm going to get you to 
Run along with me if you could. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to be starting in uh, Matthew 14, 22, okay? And it says, immediately after this, Jesus ins- insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent them home, while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up in the hills by himself to pray. Again, right there. We ought to know. If Jesus takes the time to pray, how much more do we need to pray? Amen? All right, here we go. Night fell while they were still there alone. I want to tell you something here. The, as you read the commentaries and stuff, they say that it's about 8 o'clock. All right? They're starting out about 8 o'clock in, at night. All right? Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were frightened by the heavy waves. About 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. Now, I'm going to tell you what. I used to have one of those little rowing machines, and I can't do no seven hours on a rowing machine. You know, now we're still talking from 8 o'clock to 3 o'clock. Man, I think they probably exhausted everything they had physically, right? I mean, can you imagine that? You're just out there, you're just out there, you're just out there. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, Miss Devis, all, all her peanut butter cookies would be gone, you know? And for those who know, when I go with them on a fishing trip, they're catching them, I'm, just, I'm checking the food. You know, I'll check, I say, hey, you got any more there? He's like, man, you know, I ate like three of them. You know, so I'm thinking about that. I'm sure the cookies were gone in this situation, all right? So they're out there, and, and, and this is what I want to see. A lot of times we exhaust every bit of physical energy and everything else before we call on our Lord. Now, hey, they might have been calling on them earlier than that. I know I would be because I can't swim, right? So I know that I would be in the sinking mode. But let's keep on rolling here. And it says about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Now, remember I was saying a lot of times in the middle of our situation, in that storm and all that's going on in our life, we might not be able to make out Jesus. You know what's going on? You see what I'm saying? We might say, man, I don't know what's going on. And God might send somebody and say, hey, uh, I just want to speak a word of encouragement. And you say, hey, I don't have time for it. Get away from me. I got this problem. It might be God walking on the water with somebody bringing to you to encourage you. Amen. I just want you to hear that as we go along. So even in this, I mean, they're crying out. The waves are coming. I want you guys to put yourself in this situation. And those boats were not that big. They were really not that big. We did a study on Tuesday nights. I can't remember the exact measurements. But man, to think you got 11 or 12 people in that. Man, this is coming on. So I want you guys to, to feel what's going on here. So they said, man, this is a ghost. What's going on? And we go ahead and move to the next one. Tim's already there. He's the best. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I'm here. See, a lot of times, if you look through the Bible, when we start to encourage God, sometimes we just go, oh, it's overwhelming in a good way, right? And he says, look, all the time, when you see like an angel of the Lord, you, you hear Jesus coming on the scene, he says, hey, don't be scared, don't be afraid. Take courage, I'm here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to, to come to you walking on the water. Man, I don't know if I would do that. I'd be like, I want my mom. Something. Hey, get us to the shore. But look at this. We give Peter a hard way to go. But he was looking to his Savior. I love that. And what does he say? Yes, come. Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when, but, excuse me, but when he saw the strong man in the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. When he saw. See, a lot of times we start focusing on what we see and not what we're trusting in. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times, we're, you know, what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So it is where the faith is, right? Let's keep on rolling. 
But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sing. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Got one more here. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus says. Why did you doubt me? Look at this here. When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. Let me tell you what. When we go through some of our situations, it's not that we don't believe God is God, but sometimes it's hard for us to focus on that in the pain, in the hurt, in the loss. But I'm going to tell you, when we get through there, we can say, God, you are God. You are so much God. Well, let's roll on out of this here. First thing we want to talk about today, it's really a powerful story, but let's take a look at three aspects of this account. And we're going to be talking about desperation, realization, and restoration, all right? Here we go. So let's look at the, the definition, all right? We're looking at the definition here. It says that uh, desperation is an emotional state in which a person feels a, a situation to be hopeless. You ever been in one of those situations? And I love what it says there, and without satisfactory options. When we get in a situation, we go, man, if I do this, this is going to happen. If I go here, this could possibly happen. If I do this, it's just not looking good. See, a lot of times people will just freeze up, and they don't do anything. A lot of times people will get out there and try to tweak it to make it like that. But I'm telling us, we, have, we need to just, sometimes when we do, just kind of get in that position, just go, Lord, what is it that you're showing me here? What is it? See, a lot of times we go, why? But if we can get our hearts focused on the Lord, we go, what? What are you showing me? What are you showing me? What is it that you want me to do in this? So let's take a look at this. So what, what can we do in these desperate situations? A couple of things we're thinking about right here. There we go. We call. We can call on God. You know, a lot of times we, we just think, man, where am I going to go? We call everybody else but God. We call aunts, uncles, boss, employers. We exhaust the whole Rolodex. And then, then somebody might say, hey, have you prayed about it? I was going to. You know, if we would start there first, I think we'd have a lot more time with God and see what's going on. Because God's never too busy. Now what I want to do is kind of take what we're talking about. I'm going to go out and pull the things out of the scripture and we'll nail them together. All right. Take a look at this. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. He didn't call on the other disciples. He didn't call anybody but the Lord. That's what I, I, I love about this. And when we see this coming on here is that, you know, we can look at this. He said, God is never too busy. He's never too far away, no matter how deep the water is. I want y'all to hear that. No matter what the situation is, God is never too far away. And you know what? We can call on him because he doesn't change. Isn't it good to know that God doesn't change? He never changes. Man, the weather changes, hairdo styles changes, waistline changes, everything changes. God doesn't change. And it's good to have that anchor of the Lord. Amen? So let's keep on going. So he called on him, and, and, and let's roll on out of this. What else can we do? This thing's working me over today. Here we go. We can depend on God. Now, we know these things, but look how, look how they were dependent on God. What did he say? He said, yes, come. How many times have you called on Jesus, and he says, no, I'm too busy? Anybody? Ever got a busy signal? Now, we might not hear real good sometimes because maybe we got the volume of our wants or the world up too loud, or maybe God's just wanting us to press in a little deeper. But regardless, if our eyes are focused on him and our ears are focused on him, you can guarantee that he's watching and listening. Amen? So we can trust in God. Let's unpack this a little bit more. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. 
I'm going to get back to what I have. We can depend on him when anybody else and everything else is down. You can depend on God. Remember I said sometimes it's easier to see God when everything else is stripped away. You might be here today and say, man, you don't know my situation. You're right, I don't. But God does. And I want to encourage you, just like we see what Peter did, look to the Lord. Hold on to the, to the hope of God, right? And he's faithful. Sometimes we have to get out of the boat to see just how faithful he is. Sometimes we have to get out of the boat. If you look at this, a lot of times things just get out of control, out of control, out of control. And we go, man, how in the world am I going to hold on to this? I mean, you know, the, the waves are coming in. And they might not be H2O, but they might be the waves of doubt. They might be the waves of a broken relationship. They might be the waves of a bad doctor's report. But regardless, we can still hunker in and hold on because Jesus says, come, amen. So I want to make sure you see this here. A lot of times we, we, got to, we just need to embrace the truth. So that we can experience the power. You can write that down if you want. We need to embrace the truth of God's word so that we experience the power of God. Amen? And, and something else here, I was looking at that. So we might not ever walk on water, but what God wants to do in your life is, is, is just as exciting. Amen? It's just as exciting what's going on when you need him, when you call upon him. See, because there's nothing that compares with experiencing God. That's the whole realization. Nothing beats an encounter with God. Amen? Nothing beats the encounter with God. See, a lot of times we want the results. See, he wanted probably the result. I want to get to dry land. But what he really got, he got an encounter with Christ. Amen? We're going to pull that apart a little bit more, all right? That's the realization of what God wants to do. He wants you to encounter him. He wants you to call upon the name. So God says, call on me for help. Now, if you guys got your pencils out, I'm going to give you some things to write down here. And uh, I always like to give you a word anchor. So when he says, call on me for help, let's take a look at Psalm 50. Verse 15, and call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will honor me. It's a good one to write down. Psalm 91, 14 through 16 says, Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him and I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Does that sound like a God that's just going to just push you off to the side? Does that sound like a guy said, well, you don't measure up, so I can't help you. We measure up, friends, in this thing right here. We measure up from this right here, the sacrifice. If you ever doubt your value, if you ever doubt your word, you ever doubt anything about who you are, look to this right here. Because God said, that's how much you're worth. You're worth the, the best that I have, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Not when you clean up, not when you grow up. But really, when you give up, you say, what do you mean when you give up? When you stop trying to do it yourself and say, God, I need you. He says, you know what? I got a remedy, and his name is Jesus. I want you to meet him, amen? He said, call on him, call on him. So let's keep on going here. Can we read Psalm 145, 18? If we didn't, I'll read it again. The Lord is near to all who call on him, and all who call on him in truth. See, it's that relationship again. We keep looking at that relationship. In Jeremiah 33, 3, I love this. It calls me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. See, if you need wisdom and knowledge, anybody need wisdom and knowledge? Just raise a foot there, too. He says, call. He says, call him up. Search the scripture. God's not trying to keep anything from us. He's trying to get something to us. So look at this. If we were truly a child of God, when we put our faith and trust in the finished work of that cross, God wants to. Display his love in you and through you. Amen? In you and through you. Now, you know, each, each week here, since the beginning of the year, we've been giving out some Bible tracts. And I've been hearing stories about somebody sharing a gospel tract here and there. 
You know, yesterday we were going down the road, and I usually have a Bible track when I start panicking because I'd already given it out. And there was a guy, he was, he was you know, needed a, needed a hand out, man. He needed a hand up. He had a little dog with him. He, he needed some, some, some help out. And so we were able to give him a little something. And then he said, look at that dog. Look at He's got a little dog. We've got to take care of him, too. Denise loves some animals, right? All of us love animals at our house. we got a lot of animals at our house. Side note. But anyway, so we get up there, and not only that, we were able to, to help him out with a couple of bucks. But the big thing that we were able to give him was free. We gave him a Bible track. We gave him the Word of God to cling on to. I don't know a situation. Don't need to know a situation. I know all of our situation because it talks about it in the Bible. It says, all is all short of the glory of God, right? Right? All of sin and fall short of the glory of God. So you know what? That right there pays eternal dividends, doesn't it? Right? That's a whole lot better than Crestar. I can guarantee you that. Man, see, a lot of times we look at what's in it for me. What's the interest rate? What's this? All that. But if we would invest in the things of God, we would see that it pays eternal dividends. So you know what? That's what I want to do. I want to be taking in my time and investing in the things of the kingdom of God. Because you know what? There's one day I want to look back and somebody's going to say, hey, 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 thanks for uh, sending those CDs to who knows where or whatever the case may be. Hey, thanks for taking some time. Got a story for you, right? You remember a few weeks ago when we got Jesse's phone hooked up and I was sharing the gospel with these guys at the, the phone store, Right? And one of the things I do all the time is, let me see if I got any change. I don't even got any change. I was going to tear up a dollar. You got a 50? <laughs> but, but anyway, but a lot of times I'll use like a, a, a dollar and it's just and just kind of rip it a little bit and still show that it shows value and how God says, you know what, you were a whole, whole lot more you digging for me. He's going to make me do it, ain't he? All right, I'll do it. All right, because everybody goes, he does this all the time. But for those that, that don't see it, I love using this as a gospel track, right? So especially if somebody gives you some change back, right? Because then they go, wow, man, what's going on? And I go, hey, what's going on? And I just try to swing to the things of God, something natural. And I go, hey, man, um, what does that say on the back? And they usually say, one. I go, yeah, what else does it say? They say, in God you trust. In God we trust. I said, well, do you trust God? Well, this is what you hear 90% of the time. And this is what we're talking about in teaching on Tuesday nights. So just help us to share our faith. And so I just talked to him and I just fold the dollar over there. And I said, hey, man, if you were to die tonight, do you think you'd go to heaven or hell? Most people will say, oh, I'd go to heaven. I'll go, really? Why is that? Most people say, because I'm a good guy. Really? Can I ask you a couple questions to see if that's true? And they go, sure. I said, well, have you ever lied before? They go, well, yeah. I said, well, if I lied to you, what would you say? He said, well, you'd be a liar. I said, well, man, that's sin. That separates us from God. They go, man, dude, you're carrying a dollar. And I go, well, have you ever used the Lord's name in vain? They go, yeah. I said, man, that's blasphemy. You're using God's name for a four-letter filth word. That's not good. Now you can start saying, ooh, I'm just asking them some questions. I said, have you ever looked at a woman with lust? And, and I just go ahead and rip it. And because I said, you already told me you're a liar. <laughs> yeah. Then you say, they go, yeah. You might want to rip that some more, you know? See, see, we're having fun with this, but they're hearing the message of the Lord, right? That's right. You know? So, you know, have you ever stolen anything? Now, now they're just like, oh, yeah. I said, man. Man, if I, if I reached in your wallet and just took one dollar, what would you call me? So, man, you'd be a thief. See, it's not the value. It's the need. So I said, you know what I used to think? I used to think I could come over here and give more and do more, help a little old lady across the street, you know, put some money in the church pot and everything was going to be cool. But when I start reading the Word of God, I found out that my works are like filthy rags. So guess what? There's a great gap between me and God because of my sin. 
And I usually say, you see that? And they go, yeah. I mean, they're locked in now. Because guess what? One thing, you got a dollar. Now you're talking to them about eternal things. And they go, yeah. And I said, but let me tell you. See, now they understand their need for the remedy. At first, they didn't think there was a, let's just call it a sickness. All right? Let's just call it sin. That's what it is, right? So if I take the time to point out the sin, right? Now they go, uh-oh. I need a remedy. See, at first, they didn't think they needed a remedy. But we just took the time to use God's law to show them you need a remedy. We all need a remedy. Guess what? There's only one remedy. His name is Jesus. Amen. So what I usually tell them, I said, man, you know, our sin separates us from God. And just by your own account, you've got to meet God on judgment day. You said you're a lion, thief, and adulterous heart. And you've got to meet God. They go, yeah. And I go, does that concern you? And they go, yeah. They're ready for the cure. I said, well, let me tell you what God did for you. God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to die and pay our penalty. On the cross. And the Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He wraps his loving arms around you and wants to restore you. Just like that. And they go, dude! <laughs> right? That's usually what they say. There you go. And you know what I do? I said, man, if you got a 50, I can show you a disappearing trick. I'm just kidding. No, but see, we just keep it real life. Alright? But see, what, what the whole deal is, and I tell them, I said, man, that's just a little doorway. To open and tell you about the grace of God. It's just a little something. Now, how long did it take? Two minutes and I explained everything? Did I, did I, did I say, oh, you're no good? No, I didn't do anything. I just asked him a couple questions. And what happens is, just like the Bible says in Psalm 19.7, the law of the Lord is perfect in converting the soul. I pointed them back to God's commandments. That's how perfect God is. He gave us the commandments to show us our need for a Savior. We can't live up to it. Anybody lived up to it? I ain't going to believe it. Only one lived up to it. His name is Jesus. But that's why he came for us. And see, when everything else is stripped away and everything else is ripped up and everything else is like, man, I can't make it. Then we come to the realization that he's in the restoration business. Amen. Give him a hand clap on what he's doing. Amen. All right, well, let's keep on rolling. Here's the realization. Our focus must remain on Christ. Amen. Let's take a look at this. As soon as he gets his eyes off God and onto the storm, we got, we got problems, don't we? I was talking to a friend of mine this morning, and a lot of times when things are going on and you're going through a deal, you get some people that so-called friends, and I don't know if they just don't know or whatever, but they will start bringing in buckets of doubt. You know? Won't they? You, think it, you need somebody to say, it's going to be all right. You don't need to say, you know what I mean? I don't know, man. You don't need that. You need somebody to anchor you in the word of God and the promises of God to encourage you, right? To walk with you. So take a look at this. We go to the second part here. It said, but when he saw the strong, the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to say, save me, Lord. He said, now we talked about it a little while ago, but look at this. The situation robbed his faith. Seeing the stuff robbed his faith. It's easy to do at times, man, over and over and over. But the more we train our hearts to the word of God, the more we see the character of Christ. And the more we know about God, we know he's got a pretty good track record. Can I get an amen there? He's got a great track record, right? So when things don't look right, I just say, well, I know what his word said. I'm just going to hold on to that. Because I don't want to start looking at the waves of doubt. I don't want to start looking at the wind of fear. I want to start looking into the word of God and say, you know what? This is the realization. This is my God, and this is what he said he'll do in this situation. I want, to know, I want you to know that he's there for you. Amen? So take a look at this. So Peter still called on the Lord. Notice this. Peter still called on the Lord. Now, when he went with this, he didn't turn around. So the Lord showed me this. He wasn't out there. Got all the way out there, start walking, and go, guys, bring the boat. He 
he still was lapping on the Savior. Even when the water was coming on. See, a lot of times we'll go, we'll go like this. We'll go, Lord, I trust you about this much. Or maybe this much. And then we start getting like this. And then we go, but I'm going to go back and grab my wallet. And I'm going to go back and, you know, I'm so smart. Or I'm going to go this and I'm going to use my college degree. And I'm, we're going to grab all these things. But he didn't do that. I think that's so amazing. He was sitting there and he goes, Jesus, man, he calls on the Lord. And what does he do? He comes to him, amen. And it says, the Bible says this in 31. It says, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. Man, always on time. And then he told him what the situation was. He told him why that he started to sing. He says, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? See, a lot of times when we, we're so close to the remedy. We're so close. There's people that come in week after week to church and they hear the truth of God's word and they get right to the edge and they go, maybe next time. Maybe next time. And I go, oh man, it breaks my heart. Make that decision today, man. Make that decision today. Let's keep on going here. The realization is this. There's always an opportunity to trust God. We just need to decide to do it. Amen. There's always an opportunity to trust God, and no matter what you're doing or what you're dealing with, we just need to decide to do it. See, a lot of times we just put it off, but we need to go ahead and grab hold of it, amen? And I think that's just a really cool cool fact over there with, with uh, what we see there. I want to go back to where we were here. When he was going out, and he, and he went out here all the way to call on Jesus. I know I'm backing up, but I want you to see this here. What was the other guys doing? I don't know. Were they praying? Where they say, well, you go first, I'll be next. Got any friends like that? <laughs> yeah, hey, you just go on up there now. Let me know how that works out for you. But no, he's the guy that we're talking about here today. He's the guy that experienced God. He's the guy that embraced the Lord. And he's the guy that experienced the love and the peace of God. Amen? So that's the realization here. No matter how big our problem, no, how, no matter how big the mess is, how bad a storm is, how deep the water is, God's able to bring us through. Amen? We just need to hear that sometimes. And if there's anything in the, is there, let me ask you this. Is there anything in the universe that God can't do? He did it all, didn't he? Now, you know what? I got a guy at work. He says, there's one thing. I said, there's nothing. He can't lie. Go ahead, Stan. You're right there. Boy. He can't lie. So that's the one thing he can't do. He can't lie. But you know what? He's there for you. He's there for me. And he's going to make sure you get to the other side. Stan, you get it. Man, get him a donut. That's good. <laughs> I tell you, that's good, man. That's good. I love it. So and no matter what's going on, we can still see the invisible hand of grace placed in ours no matter what because the grip of grace will never let you go. That's the love of God holding us together. And he wants to firmly hold us and he wants to restore us. Amen? And that's what we're going to move to right now. Restoration. We love to have them relationships restored, right? Something to think about. When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Have you ever noticed that? It wasn't when Jesus grabbed him that the storm stopped. It was when he got back in the boat. This is, this, is, this is something I want you to see. When we're in the midst of a storm, we want, stop, it hurts now. I don't want it no more. Fix it. But Jesus wrapped his arms around in the storm, in the waves. He carried him back into the boat. You see what I'm saying? And then it stopped. He said, well, what's the big deal about that? You might be out here right now and you don't recognize him. You say, oh man, just like this, it's a ghost. I don't understand. We don't see you, God. Where are you? We don't see you. And he's right there. And he's grabbing hold of you. And you say, well, gosh, the wind's still blowing. It's still going. Man, I'm overwhelmed by this and that. He says, I'm going to walk you back in the boat. And watch what happens here. Everybody doing good? Yeah. Man, Jesus carried 
Peter through the storm. Just hit that. Peter still experienced the winds and the waves, right? Jesus never let him go. I want to tell you that Jesus will never let you go. You say, yeah, but you don't know my past. Well, that's all right. He does. And he said, it's forgiven. It's paid for. See, that's a good thing to know, isn't it? Because if we don't know that and we don't read the word and we don't understand that it's by grace you're saved through faith, right? Not if you so, but it is a gift to God. We want to try to impress God. Well, I guess I'm saved because I'm so smart. I guess I'm so, you know, my family does this or I went to church three times in a row. It's none of that stuff. It's about a heart condition with Christ, amen? Let's keep on rolling. Jesus never let him go. Well, let's look at this. Jesus put, put Peter in the boat and they all went back to shore. Did you see everybody got blessed as a result of that man's faith? Do you see that? See, a lot of times you might be the only one in your family, come on now, that's stepping out of the boat. You might be the only one at your workplace that's stepping out of the boat. You might be the only one filling the blank. Where it is, work, job, family. But you know what? You're going to experience the blessing. And guess what? Let's be honest about it. You're probably going to get a little persecution. But I'm going to tell you what. The blessing of God outweighs the persecution of man. Can I say amen right there? The blessing of God is far better than anything this world can offer. But we spend every minute at times, some of us at times, let's just be honest, trying to get the next thing, the next level, the next promotion, the next this, the bigger house, the whatever. There is nothing wrong about having any of those things. Nothing wrong with that. And God blesses people in a lot of different ways. But if your heart is centered on Christ, it's just stuff. There was a time, man, I, you know, I, I, love, I love playing guitar. I, that used to be my thing, man. I was going to be a rock and roller. That was it. I was, my mom would never move. And I said, Mom, when I make it big, I know you won't move, but I'll buy the whole block. Right? Because I knew you move. And the time goes by, and I go, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? Man, I probably got black lung from playing this place for so long and everything else. And it didn't matter. Because as long as you're pulling the money in, as long as your band's on top, or whatever the case is, you're going to book you all the time. And when the attendants come down, they get amnesia, right? The world will get amnesia about things. See, look at all these one-hit wonders. I'm just using the, the music for, for analogy. You look at the, the football players, right? Man, people hoop, holler, everything else, do all these things. And I love watching football. And some people use that as a platform when I say praise God. And some people use it for self-gain. My question is, whatever the gift that God's given you, what are you using it for? Are you using it as, as a, a, a platform to say, hey, let me tell you what God's done. Let me tell you what God's done. I had a guy, he said, how long have you been working here where I've been working at? I said, uh, 27 years. 27 years, man. And this was something else, right? And, and it was a safety guy. He goes, man, it's dangerous here. I go, yeah, this is pretty dangerous, man, but God's good. He goes, what type of school did you do? I said, uh, I graduated from Kikatan. He says, what? I said, high school. He goes, what? I go, God's good. But I said, but you know what? Through the job, they've given me some training. And they've been doing some stuff. And I'm just trying to press in and learn, man. I'm just so thankful to have this job, you know. He goes, wow, that's good. That's good. Uh, and where's that school at? See, we're still looking to, but I'm telling you, it's not about that. It's about God. I'm thankful. Hey, and you know what? I even went nine weeks to Thomas Nelson. Praise God. You know what? Now I'm really going to be, I mean, you know what, man? I got to be in that electrical class. Yeah. But see, I didn't say that. <laughs> you know, I was like, man, God is good. You know, because guess what? My stuff's not stacking up to what God's blessing. God's blessing and filling up. 
And I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for folks that have that privilege and everything else. I'm not putting that down. I'm just saying, right, that when God's in it, it's so much more. And you know what? Whatever you got, whatever you're doing, whatever, are you saying, man, it's all about him. Now, I'm going to get back to the guitar thing. I used to be, man, you know, hey, uh, can I play that? I'll be like, oh, let me check your hands and all this. Okay, you play this. I was all wrapped around the stuff. And now I'm like, well, whatever, it's just stuff. I appreciate it and all those things. What is it that you're holding on to that you haven't given over to God yet? Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's I don't know, maybe it's stuff. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's doubt. Maybe it's fear. But whatever the case is, let me tell you, when we trust it in the hand of God, he will multiply it. Amen? Just like with our giving, with our doing, our serving, you go, man, how in the world? I just don't have time to do this. Well, you watch when you do things from the inside out. You watch how God will multiply your calendar. I don't know how he does it, but I know he will. Amen. And there's a lot of people right here saying amen with that. Let's keep on rolling here. I want to give you another scripture here to wrap this up. Isaiah 40, 41, 13 says, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand. It saves you. Do not fear. I will help you. You know, I love when we're, we're worshiping and we start just getting freed up and we start doing this. We was talking the other day about our kids, you know, grandkids, young folks. I always think about when my boys were, were real young and they do this. Dad, dad, man, that just blesses your heart. Mom, man, that's something else. What do you think that does to the heart of God when we go, Father, help me, Lord. God is not in the stiff arm business. God's in the grace business. Yes, he is holy, okay? Go back to the cross. He goes back and said, I made a way. Our righteousness did not come from our anything. Not our doing, our smarts, or anything else. Our righteousness comes from a personal relationship with Christ. That's about the restoration of God. Amen? So let's keep on rolling here. Jeff brought this in the other day, and it, it was just a timeless thing. He was sharing about how God has, uh, you know, just blessed him in his business. And, and he, he told him, I, I like what he said the other day. He says, he says, my business is mine and God's. Isn't that cool? He said, it's, it's not a big business, but it's mine and God's. Isn't that something? When you partner with Christ, you got a good business. You know what I'm saying? When, when, when Jesus is, is, is the CEO, we're going to be okay, right? This is God's business right here. This is God's business, but not just here, out there. You see what I'm saying? You know, a lot of times, first time, if you tell somebody you're a pastor, you know the second thing they ask, don't you? How big's your church? I said, I don't know, man. I said, it's probably like 20 by 70. You know, something like that. They go, no, how many people? I said, which day? <laughs> I said, because we got room for you. See, they want to start, you know, I mean, they want to start getting all this. I said, we got room. And I said, if we get a lot of people, I don't even preach twice. I ain't too busy. You know, but they want to get that school card out. I talked to the guy next door to my mom yesterday. He was working on the house. It is so funny. It's, it's just amazing, right? Have my Harley jacket on the glass. I'm dumping trash. I go, what's up, buddy? He goes, hey, man, what's happening? I was like, all right. I said, hey, man, what y'all working on over here? Bing, bling, 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 bling. I mean, all this stuff, just he's fixing this stuff, but it sounded like he was tearing it down by what he was saying in the house. And he goes, well, what do you do? I go, I'm a preacher. He goes, well, praise God. I was not kidding. I just go, yeah, that's great, brother. That's good. And then he went and showed me his Bible on the front of his van. I'm thinking, is that the same one I got? I don't remember them saying that in there. You know, <laughs> I ain't kidding, man. But you know what he told me? And he says, if 
you never need any help on your church? He said, I strap on a tool belt. I am labor free. I said, okay. Sounds good. Praise the Lord. Working, Jesus. You know what I mean? <laughs> but isn't that amazing? You know, I know we miss the mark sometimes and everything else. But man, he was just going on down to town. I just love that. Well, what do you do? Oh, you know, you know, sometimes you wonder, I'm a motivational speaker. No, I'm not. <laughs> you know, I'm a Jesus guy, right? And you know what? It's, it's all about him. So no matter what, trust God. This is what I wanted to get to. Then the disciples worshiped him. Really, you really are the son of God. They exclaimed. That's when he got back in the boat. They saw him carry their man back into the boat. He saw them calm the storm. He saw him feed the 5,000, right? They saw him do all these things. And we've got to account through God's perfect word to review that every day, to get that down in our heart. So when you get that down in your heart and your waves start coming in, you go, wow, let me tell you what Jesus did. Now, like I said, I don't know if you got the same Bible as that cat did over there uh, on his glove box, but I know what the one that says that, that, we, that we preach out of here. So I can do all things through Christ Jesus, amen? That's what I want you to hear today. Look at this. When we step out in faith, we really experience the Son of God. When we step out in faith. See, a lot of times we just get comfortable. I'm here today to make you a little uncomfortable. Not in a bad way, in a good way. So what are you going to do this week to share Jesus? What are you going to do this week to trust Jesus? What are you going to do today to impact lives for Christ? It might be a Bible track. It might be listening to somebody. It might just be loving on somebody. It might be praying for somebody. It might be giving them the web address or something like that. Hey, you know what? We got a lot of pens on here. It says, Jesus, say it. Take them with you. I don't need them in my attic. Take them. Whatever you can do. You can use. You see that right there? See, people don't realize that. But this is really a crowbar. You can take that right there and open up somebody's heart and tell them about the gospel. Tell me. Because I want to tell you what. I got a friend sitting here right now that her brother went home to be with the Lord. And from the, a pen just like this changed everything. And I'm so grateful for that. I haven't seen my friend for years. And he was at the racetrack. He goes, dude. I go, what's up? He goes, hey, what's happening? And I was talking to him and I left him one of these pens. What are they, 39 cents? Probably 10 cents. Years later, he called me. And I got to see God working his life, working his family life. Amazing. So don't ever underestimate anything when we put it in the hand of God. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Father, I thank you that today, no matter where we're at, you're willing to reach out to love us right where we are. I pray today, Lord, that we just reach out in faith and grab a hold of what you've done for us, Lord. And today, Lord, it really is about sinking or swimming. It really is. Because today it's either receive or reject the Lord Jesus Christ's gift. And I pray that each one here knows you. You know, Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I'm going to tell you what. Listen to your heart right now. And I believe Jesus says, come. Receive my gift of eternal life today. Come. Don't let the winds of worry keep God away from you. Don't let the waves of past sin overwhelm you. I want to say that again. Don't let the waves of past sin overwhelm you. From getting the gift of God. I pray that you step out of the boat in faith today and ask Jesus to come into your life. You say, well, buddy, how do I do that? The Bible says that we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. You know, we went through today that we know that our need for a Savior is, is for real because we don't measure up on our own, but we have everything we need in him. 
So if that's your prayer today, I pray right here, right now. You just look up here. I'm going to just pray with you. If that's your prayer, I need Jesus today. I'm going to pray with you. Just say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. And today, I want to start new with you, Lord. And he says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You know what? We can walk on that water, but not in our own strength. And there's going to be times that those waves are tough. But I believe God is going to send somebody to encourage you. And I pray that that was what you got out of it today. God will send somebody and say, hey, look, there he is right there. There's Jesus right there. See, sometimes we just need a little help spotting sometimes in the midst of the storm. But I want to tell you, he'll never leave you or forsake you. And if you think it's about being how good you are, you missed it already because we're not. It's about what he did for each one of us. And I pray today that you receive that. Now, I always like to go one step further. You say, man, it's been a tough week. It's been this going on and everything else. I want to tell you that God says, you know what? You're forgiven when you call on the name of the Lord. Do not allow the waves of doubt and, the, and, and, and just the water, the deep water of your past to overtake you. Allow the grace of God 